Staples show, big news edition, not news I think that that a lot of people wanted to hear, but very big news. The Big Ten is going conference only if it plays a 2020 season with with keyword if, and now everyone else is is dealing with that. Everyone else is reacting, and there's, there's quite a bit of fallout. To talk about it, we bring Matt Fortuna, one of the Athletics National College football writers, and, and Matt as we record this, you have just finished talking to people who were on the ACC's version of the call that the Big Ten had earlier today. And the ACC, despite some thoughts that they might do the same thing, did not. So we have the Big Ten has said conference only, but we don't know exactly how it's going to work yet. That gets decided next week. The ACC, we're going to wait and see. The SEC had a call Thursday morning where they said, we're going to take as long as possible to make a decision. The Pac-12 had a call on Thursday, and they're still not making any big moves yet. So, Matt, where where do you think this is going in the next week, two weeks, three weeks? Three weeks, wow. (laughs) I don't even want to think what the world might look like three weeks from now at the rate everything has been moving in the college football realm. Uh, Look, the Pac-12 has another call Friday afternoon. Uh, I think eventually everyone will go the way the Big Ten decided to go today. I'm not sure when they will all get there. I fully expected the ACC to do that on their call tonight, but as one AD in the league told me, we usually take our time. We're, we're usually not the first to do things in this league when it comes to setting the tone and making waves and making drastic reactions to what other people are doing. So I think it's inevitable at this point that the Power Five leagues are all going to come up with the conference-only plan. Um, I think it's just a matter of time. The SEC is going to meet in person in Birmingham on Monday. That will be interesting because I believe it's the first time any of the Power 5 leagues or probably any of the the 10 FBS leagues will have all of their ADs meet in person. Um, And I'm sure those will be a little bit lively conversations given how long everyone has been apart from each other uh, outside of Zoom over the last four months. But I I, I just think if the Big Ten did this, um, it's hard to imagine the other four leagues not doing it at some point. Well, it was interesting. listening to Gene Smith, the Ohio State Athletic Director, talk about Mm -hmm. why they did it. I thought he explained it very well. I think people are are, are thinking this is about travel or or anything else, but it's more about testing protocols, everybody being on the same page, and you not having to worry about if somebody else is not on the same page. Because uh, we're going to talk later in the show with Scott Docterman, our Iowa beat writer, and he had a really interesting story on Thursday about Northern Iowa's situation. Northern Iowa was scheduled to play Iowa. The game essentially paid half of what Northern Iowa's football revenue would be for the year. But Northern Iowa can't do the kind of testing that Iowa can do. And so why worry about that? That is the same kind of response I've gotten. I mean, as the rumors and the steam picked up earlier this week, uh, my initial personal reaction was, what's this really going to solve? Uh, you know, the, the, you still got to hit people. You're still going to have people traveling to away games, uh, players that is. W- what will this solve? And I actually spoke with a Big Ten head coach uh, earlier Thursday morning before the announcement ha- had come out. I said, hey, if this were to happen, w- what do you think it solves? And he said, look, it, it just puts us all under the same umbrella. Um, we all have confidence in our school and conference doctors, our medical personnel, in each other. If, God forbid, we have to change a, a game or, or one team you know, gets sick or whatever the, the, the outbreak may be, uh, we don't have to worry about what the MAC is going to do or what Notre Dame or someone else is going to do as far as, hey, we need to work around everyone else's schedule and figure out a way to, to get this game back on the schedule so we all play the same number of games. I think it, it just streamlines everything. It makes things a lot easier. I wouldn't be surprised if after we've, we've seen this announcement today, if we eventually see – 
testing and return to play protocols and so forth be dictated by the conference. And if the Big Ten is going to do it that way, that then eventually we'll probably see the other Power Five conferences do it that way as well. So uh, the more thought I've given to it, the more sense it makes of why they are doing this. Uh, but as I'm sure you've heard, I know I've heard, uh, the other four leagues felt a little bit in the dark about how this announcement got made, which I think is kind of par for the course with everything in college sports, but, especially but it's weird these days. Because but. it was in the wind, right? For- most of this week so if if all of us were hearing about it i'm sure (laughs) the people who work in high levels at power five conferences were hearing about it too so that that part's a little weird but i am very curious about what the big Ten's going to do because you know they're kind of going to set the tone as far as schedules go they're meeting next week about all that they have not committed to a big 10 championship game if you read their statement they're very adamant that this is if we can play, not here's what we're going to do. But I do think this is this is a last-ditch effort to play in the fall because you're giving yourself more flexibility either to have multiple weeks where you can move stuff around or a chance to bump it to October to start and still be able to play most of your season. Uh, Matt, I, I'm interested because some of the stuff you hear out of the Big Ten makes it sound like, this all may get done on the fly during the season, depending on what happens. Yeah, I thought it was very interesting. Both Gene Smith came out and said, quote, I'm really concerned, according to our, our, our Wasserman, about optimism uh, that football happened in the fall. And Big Ten Commissioner Kevin Warren was on BTN and, and said, quote, we may not have sports in the fall. We may not have a college football season in the Big Ten, end quote. And um, – while me and you and, and fans and everyone else privately has been expressing those same sentiments to have maybe the most popular athletic director of the country and the commissioner of the biggest money-making conference in the country both come out and say that publicly, uh, even if it's just their personal opinion, I think is a pretty significant. Because um, if those two are saying that much out loud, you can wonder and imagine what the concern and panic meter is like behind closed doors with a lot of these guys. Because, yes, this does sound like kind of a last-ditch effort to protect the fall, if you will, however that looks, whenever that starts, whether it's a 10-game conference schedule, uh, whether it's it won't be around Robin with 14 teams, but whatever kind of formula they, they decide to make up, uh, this does sound like, hey, here's our last Hail Mary to, to get this done in the fall. Time is not on their side, though. Time's not on anyone's side. And I think the quotes we're seeing for, from some of college sports leaders right now are, are pretty telling in that regard. Yeah, and the thing is, they have not committed to a, a conference championship game. There's no talk yet about what happens with the playoff because we, I think, are assuming that if everybody goes conference only, you still have the playoff. It's still decided by the committee. And then, you know, how does the committee decide when nobody – played anybody outside their conference to use the the same old musty conference reputations that you've <laughs> always used. But that's another question. This is another question is if you play in a, a conference only season, do you have a college football playoff? Now, my supposition is always follow the money. So I would suppose that they will try to play their conference championship games because those are so valuable as television properties and that they will try to do the college football playoff because that makes so much money for everybody. But that's still up in the air. December from now is, and I'm not a math major, what, five months? Um, We're only four months into this pandemic. I mean, our country has undergone such a significant change in the last four months that it it would be foolish for really anyone to publicly predict what it will look like in five months. Hopefully we have flattened the curve and we're, we're towards our way to the other side of this thing. Um, But, but I mean, if you're going to plan for a fall, then yes, you absolutely should plan for a college football playoff. I I think some of the speculation about this may uh, push the playoff to expand sooner rather than later, because people are going to need that cash influx is a direct result of that as well. Uh, as far as how that gets decided, I thought, you know, our colleague, our boss, Stuart Mandel, his column today was pretty telling. It's welcome to college football. We've had 150 years of kind of making it up as far as how we determine a national championship uh, or Oklahoma got it over Oregon last year because the 13 people in the room said so. And however it gets decided for 2020 is going to be the same reason because the 13 people, 
people making that call decided that's the way it is. And uh, it may not be fair. It may not sound fair. But this sport is unique and frankly fun because it's not fair, because we have a lot of arguments. We have a lot of uh, regionalization and people bickering about this part of the country versus that part of the country and this conference versus that conference and so forth. And so in a weird way, if all five, all the power five conferences were to have conference only seasons, and that would be what everyone is judging uh, the four best teams off. In some ways, it would just be a more enhanced version of the argument we've been having in the last six years with the college football playoff. It, it, it'd Whose be part of the, the course. It would feel almost like the old system, right? And it, the old, like pre-BCS, pre-coalition. There was one other alliance pre all of right, that, right. <laughs> and I just—it's amazing to me that it could be that point. But but the Big Ten essentially put the asterisk on this season, which we knew there was going to be an asterisk on this season anyway. So yeah, why not try that? Why not do that? Give everybody a chance to play for the national title. Give every conference champion in the power five, a chance to play for the national title. If you want, why not? I mean, what's it going to hurt? <laughs> Here's my question. And I spoke to a group of five head coach today about this. And, you know, he's not thinking of it from a playoff perspective. He goes, what What are the bowls going to do? I mean, the whole point of a bowl, and I'm not talking about playoff here. I'm talking about, you know, the Meineke car care ball or the, the long, whatever the belt bowl calls itself now. I mean, what are they going to do? These are reward, destination rewards for the student athletes, for their fans, well, for the people in that that's area. That's what they started as, but they're TV shows now. And, you know, they are, but I mean, the conferences get uh, the conferences get the TV money and split it among the schools. So, right, but if, if you're a low level group of five school that wins six games for the first time in however many years, congratulations. We're going to fly you to Birmingham, Alabama for a game tomorrow, and we're going to get right back on the plane and leave. Great season. Thanks for doing something you haven't done in ten years. See you next year. I mean, you know, just just the whole idea of the bowl system is just going to take on, I think, such a uh, a unique tone. I know, a lot, you know, there's the argument of too many bowls. Do they matter? Blah blah blah. I think they mean whatever you want them to mean. It's just going to you, mean you'd give anything. probably a whole lot less. <laughs> you and everybody listening to this podcast would give anything to watch a Dollar General Bowl right now. Anything. I sure would. I absolutely would. It's just, it's it's just going to be a lot different. Yeah. It, it is, and, and the thing about it is we don't know what the situation will be in terms of how, how many fans can be in the stands. The way the bowl system has evolved is that it used to be the bowls took a cut of the TV money, took a cut of this and the cut of that, but now the schools get all the TV money, and the bowls basically get the gate. If there's no gate, why bother having it? Well, you have to have the TV show, but you could put the TV show anywhere. We, we've had this conversation before about bowls losing money, people not going to bowls, finding some of the lower tier bowl games on StubHub, you know, an hour before kickoff for $2 tickets. Great question. Um, I, I think a lot of these bowls, frankly, were, were on life support, for lack of a better term, before the pandemic hit. And I will wonder, I, I do wonder um, how some of them are going to be able to survive this thing. And I know that's not exactly the most pressing concern nationwide amid a pandemic and nowhere near the most pressing concern within college sports because we're already seeing some pretty serious ramifications for, for student athletes and other sports and at other schools around the country um, before the fall has even started. But that's one uh, of many angles I think that has yet to be explored yeah. if we are lucky enough to have football at any point in 2020 or 2020, early part of 2021. I think there's just going to be – there will be a lot of business model reboots – because of the pandemic and not, not just in college sports and just in our society, there will be a ton of business model reboots because every inefficiency is being exposed right now. And college football is rife with inefficiencies. So it, it will be interesting because we don't know a lot of the things, you know, people keep asking questions. We don't have specific answers to them because for the big 10 season, we don't know how many games it's going to be. I've heard 10, but they could just play the nine they already have scheduled, and, and that'd be all right. The ACC is an interesting one to me. Notre Dame is obviously very interesting because they are an independent in football. So what would happen to them? I've been told by people in the ACC that the ACC would take care of Notre Dame. There's the, Notre Dame already has six games scheduled against ACC opponents, so the ACC could just give them three more opponents 
and they've got a nine-game schedule, and the ACC sprinkles a couple more games in amongst its own teams, that actually probably is an easier way for the ACC to schedule than if you removed Notre Dame from the equation. I'm with you a thousand percent. I, I, I've gotten the same indications for, from people in the ACC as you did. Uh, they seem to think Notre Dame will be taken care of. That won't be an option. They'll have their at least their their six ACC opponents that they were scheduled to face this and, year. And, and then Notre Dame may cl- try to help out the independents by filling out their schedule with BYU right. or, or UMass or New Mexico State. Well, it, the other part of this that everyone says, oh, why is the ACC bowing down? You know, I'm saying this pre-pandemic. Why Why is Notre Dame get the sweetheart deal? Why is the ACC caving Notre Dame? Uh, you don't think Notre Dame, given the state of the ACC's football programs right now, especially if you end up in a conference-only situation, you don't think Notre freaking Dame is going to elevate the strength of schedules of every single Absolutely. team also, in the ACC right now? Also, and I think Notre Dame probably be cool with this, if you make Notre Dame play five road games, that's five games – that you get on your television package involving Notre Dame. ESPN will go hug everybody in the ACC if that happens. When's the last time Clemson has had a a game on its regular season schedule that made you actually open your eyes and think, wow, they might... They might have to sweat this one out, <laughs> you know. November seventh at Notre Dame Stadium. Now, it might not be November seventh. It might not be at Notre Dame Stadium, but it's on the schedule this year, and uh, it's going to be the biggest game. Uh, well, we all know what the schedule look like now, but it was looking like it would be the biggest game on either team's schedule, and the winner of that would probably have the inside track toward a playoff berth um, if that stays on the schedule. Good for Clemson, good for Notre Dame, and you know what? Good for Duke, Georgia Tech, Louisville, Pitt, and Wake Forest. We're all in Notre Dame's schedule right now as well. Notre Dame's interesting because historically, you know, think about this: Why does Notre Dame play Navy every year? Because the Navy saved the university during World War II. What if the ACC saves Notre Dame, Notre Dame football for during a pandemic? Does, does that mean Notre Dame would have to give up his independence? Because that might actually be bigger than Navy saving Notre Dame all those years ago as far as implications I, across Navy the college football realm. University, though. That's a little <laughs> bit different. So, but, but yes, I mean, and, and if you've listened to this podcast long enough, you've, you've heard my speech on why independence matters to Notre Dame and all that, that sort of thing. But they're also the type of people who would look at something like that with gratitude. And look, obviously it's a financial arrangement. It's good for the ACC to be in business with Notre Dame, whether Notre Dame's a full member in football or not. But I would be curious if this goes the way we're talking about and and if they play to see what Notre Dame would look like in a conference schedule. Yeah, I think we all would. And the other thing that I think is relevant to the talk we're having right now in 2020, and maybe this changes with a new commissioner and as the ADs turn over every school – Look at the ACC ADs, Bubba Cunningham, North Carolina, Notre Dame graduate, Boo Corrigan, Notre Dame graduate, NC State, Kevin White, Duke, former Notre Dame uh, athletic director. These guys know this school inside and out. They know the value, the moneymaker that Notre Dame, the brand is, no matter how good or bad they are in a given football year. They know how much this program elevates the other third or 14 teams, I should say, in the ACC uh, from a from a platform standpoint. They, it is in their best interest to help this place out. And I think Notre Dame, in addition to the gratitude standpoint that you mentioned, if things do work out favorably for both sides this year, uh, who are they to say no right now? I mean, if, if they, they, don't, they just lost the second biggest game on their schedule, Wisconsin. We don't know what's going to happen with everybody else. At least guarantee yourself six games. And, and you know what? If everyone else is going conference only, I don't think it'll be too hard for Notre Dame to schedule an Army or, or, or maybe Navy or someone else and fill out their schedule with three more teams. I think that's very doable. And I think you'll see a lot of group of fives who are chopping at the bit to get a Notre Dame schedule, even if that ends up hurting Notre Dame's schedule. I think beggars can't be choosers, and everyone's going to have to work together in some way, shape, or form to make well, this and, work. And Notre Dame, and, because of the independence thing, has sort of made the deal they've made that you you have to play a decent schedule and go 12 and 0 if you're going to make the playoff as Notre Dame. That that's they seem at peace with that. When you talk to to Jack Swarbrick or Brian Kelly, they seem very much at peace with that. So if under these circumstances, let's say they didn't want to play the ACC schedule, which I don't I can't imagine why they wouldn't, but if they if they wanted to just fill out their own schedule with teams that lost their bye games from from power five teams, then they know they wouldn't make the playoff, but they'd play a season. Okay. 
I still think the ACC schedule, either playing the six currently scheduled games and then maybe Army, Navy, somebody else, makes a lot more sense. Or all ACC makes a lot more sense because you have the business relationship. You're a full member in the other sports except for hockey and football. That would make more sense to me. I'm just, I'm just using Occam's razor on this, Matt. I, I feel like that's what would happen. You're not going to get – it's fortuitous timing for Notre Dame in the sense that, one, they have six, team, six ACC teams on the schedule this year. They it's average five, five per yeah. year, which means they get five. Sometimes they only get four. This year they have six, and they'll probably need every darn one of them. Not only that, you get – I mean, we're talking about ACC football here, which outside of Clemson hasn't been exactly you know the best conference in the world the last couple of years. But – you get Clemson, which I think takes care of your your schedule. I mean, you beat Clemson. You have you go twelve and zero, and you beat Clemson. Heck, if you go eleven and one, and you beat Clemson, if it's a Clemson team that we're used to seeing, that might be good enough in most years. Again, the playoff, we'll see. But in addition to Clemson, you get Pitt, who's probably going to have a top ten defense. Pretty talented this year. this year, yeah. Wake, Wake Forest, who maybe they were the second best team in the ACC last year. I mean, they they, they dipped toward the end, especially as Jamie Newman got hurt. And they don't they have also Jamie lost back, Jamie but, Newman to, to Georgia. Well, Sam Hartman wasn't too bad. No. Sam Hartman was the starter before Jamie Newman came on uh, two years ago. So I, I wouldn't rule out Wake Forest. Louisville was probably the most surprising Power 5 team in the country last year in year one under Scott Satterfield. And I'd have to think they're going to be better this year. And then there's Georgia Tech and Duke. Duke's Duke. Duke's good i mean they're, they're they i should they did they did go into notre dame and beat them uh on the road in 2016 but i mean they're a, a perennial bowl team and georgia tech they're not going to be worse than they were last year at the very least no, they're, I mean, they're, they're a team so, that's on the rise yeah. so, so it's a, it's you a can do deal. a lot you're not going to do better than those six if you decide to just go it alone that's for sure. right at least this year and then, you, and then you maybe you play navy maybe you play army play byu there's your schedule boom i mean army has already lost princeton they're probably going to lose bucknell um, and hey, they may lose everyone. Well, that, that's what I worry about. Like Army, Army may have to play UMass three times. They're playing UMass and UConn, yeah. um, <laughs> which sounds like punishment enough for everyone. But the other part of this, and not to take this conversation too far off course, I spoke to someone at Army today. He said, Matt, wh- what if the AAC goes conference only? Does that mean no Navy Army game? <laughs> I, whew, that's scary. I can't. I, now, we talk about how different college football will look um, regardless, uh, conference, non-conference, all the schedule announcements. I cannot picture a college football season without that game being played on that day, Heisman Heisman Day. I just can't picture it. It would not be the same. Well, and that that's the thing. Remember what the Big Ten said at the bottom of that statement. If it can be played. If. It, they may as well have put, it's a very big if. I mean, it's true. And it's not us wanting doom and gloom or anything like that. I Personally, I feel like it would be a lot better for us if they played football. <laughs> you, sure. Yeah. You, yeah. you and I, I think that's indisputable. football for a living. <laughs> yes. So, yes. But that's the situation the world is in right now. That's the situation these guys are dealing with. It's not easy. No one's ever dealt with this before. There are... There's no template for it. That, that, that's the thing is almost every decision these athletic directors, conference commissioners have had to make prior to this pandemic, there's some precedent for it. There's not for this. And meanwhile, you got the NCAA essentially tweeting that's out. a nice statement they put out tonight. It, Congrats. It's, what if a shrug emoji were made with letters? <laughs> that's what that is. But, but and, and here's where I defend the NCAA on this. What are they supposed to do? The schools that are making these decisions are the NCAA, and they can't agree on anything. I'm with you, and I'm not with you. Um, you're not wrong. That said, I, I, I think the way the NCAA tried to have the appearance of getting out in front of COVID back when this broke in March and unilaterally canceling all uh, that tick, spring that championships— it, it, it did. And look, the result was going to be the result no matter what. It was the right call, but it, it caught a lot of people off guard in the manner in which it was done. And if they're going to, uh, you know, trump that up and, and put their, their heads on it and, and put their names on it and say, hey, you know, we're leaders, we're, we're taking the initiative, um, 
hey, maybe the ACC turn over a new leaf and they're going to be more proactive with things. That hasn't been the case at all. I mean, they, they, they put the July 13th date, which we're approaching very quickly here on Monday, uh, for when coaches can have contact with their players. And I've heard from a number of people uh, across the country who've said that's the only thing the AC, the, the, excuse me, the NCAA has done. Well, and all that really did is put undue pressure on everyone yeah, around the country if, to get their kids back the even if they're not ready. Says we're going to do the thing, we're going to just impose the thing the Big Ten just did. Well, that's going to tick off the SEC and the ACC and the Big 12. Like, and remember, those are all members of the NCAA. So if, if you want to put it to a vote, the problem is your vote would be deadlocked and you'd have just people filibustering the whole time. It, it, they are in a no-win situation here. And, and people keep saying, well, you know, the NFL has Roger Goodell and, and everybody has to listen to him. Well, no, if, if all the NFL owners didn't want to listen to Roger Goodell, they don't have to because he works for them. Well, guess what? Mark Emmert works for all these conference commissioners and schools. It's and funny you bring up the NFL. <laughs> I, I had a, a Power 5 admin text me when the Big Ten made their uh, announcement, and he said, can you imagine if the NFC East just came out and said, hey, you know what? We're just going to play the, the Giants-Eagles. We're, we're all just going to play each other this year. Thanks. Like, can, can you imagine that? And, look, you're not wrong with the NCAA with what you said. That toothpaste is already out of the bottle. There's no going back in as far as, all right, let's all get together, sing Kumbaya, and come together and make a decision. That, that's just not going to happen. I get it. But especially right now, and you mentioned this earlier, when you talk about the fault lines and the exposure that has been happening amid COVID, uh, the the startling lack of leadership in college sports right now is just no it it, it is it's unbelievable it has always it, it, been it's, this it's, balkanized but this is exposing how balkanized it is so here's a question I have for you and I wonder if this is just the people I've been talking to who have given me this impression or if this is a thing that's happening around the country every single administrator I've asked about spring about potentially moving football to spring has basically said that that's not a good idea. Hard pass. I, I was I got all the same responses. Every single coach, I've not had one coach say that's a bad idea. Now, I don't think some of them are jumping to do it. I think there are serious reservations about unintended consequences of that. But I spoke to one today and said, we play spring football as is. Like, we're already doing it. Let's just throw another team in there. It's, spring football is better than no football. And we're running out of time to make football work this fall. Why can't we do it? And look, if you're Clemson, if you're Alabama, you're Ohio State, you're probably going to lose a lot of your roster. Uh, I think if you're anyone, you're going to lose players who, who either don't want to play in the spring or, or want to just go ahead and enter the names of the draft. And I get that. Uh, the counter argument is that if you're Alabama or Clemson, you've got 25 stars behind those guys who are freshmen and sophomores who are still probably better than most of the guys are going to be well, lining that, up against that's every the thing. Saturday. You, you may have some coaches going – if if it does go to the spring, you may have some coaches going. Listen, son, you need to prepare for the draft because <laughs> there's some guys on some elite teams where there's young guys that you'd probably rather just have have them play. So it, it's going to be a very very awkward situation as far as that goes. And I am not ruling out the spring thing. I know some people have have just dismissed it. Out I, of hand, I'm not I'm either. Not I, I don't think you can. You have to play this season. To avoid financial catastrophe, you have to play the 2020 season at some point during the 2020-2021 school year. So that runs from August to May. You have to find a place for it somewhere in there. Even, and I hate to say this, and I hate to be that guy, even if it's at the expense of smaller sports, which we were already seeing taking a beating here, particularly with Stanford. But it's not at the expense of, because smaller sports rely on football to pay for them. So... Without football, it's a lot worse for smaller sports. So you find a way to play football sometime during the school year. You have to. Yeah, you got to. I, 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 it still makes me confused why all the decision makers are, are, are really won't entertain this idea, at least publicly just yet. Um, every give it coach a little, give it a little who, bit longer. or the guys who would really – have to, to do the heavy lifting here. Every coach says it's doable. Yeah. Um, and they just want to play. They just want to coach. And I think everyone just wants to do that eventually too. But I, I don't know why you don't, at the very least, buy yourself some time the way the Ivy League well, did. I, I, and I know that's not an apples-apples comparison by any means whatsoever. But 
what time is not on our side right now. If we can get more of it, uh, what's the harm in that? That's at least my approach right now, given the limited knowledge we have. I think the Big Ten sort of provided the roadmap for that because the plan to, as of right now is maybe start the season on time. By the end of this month, they may alter that. And I think if you alter it, you don't just alter it to the spring at that point. You punt it maybe into October. And then that way you can come back in the first part of September and make another decision and say, we're going to start in October or we're going to start in January. And then that gives you more time to make the right decision because we, we don't know what the right decision is going to be. We don't know what's going to happen with the virus. We don't know what the, the situation will be in the, in the country. But that gives you a couple of opportunities to try to make the right decision. I think that's all you can do. Not only that, you'll at least see what baseball and basketball have done right and wrong. Yes. I, I had an AD say, sport. we got to get some pro sports up and running so we can at least model them. Different sports, but like you'll at least see if it, if it has a chance to work. Um, now, the October thing's interesting. I didn't consider that just because I, I've been on the traditional academic calendar where everyone goes back to school in late August, early September, and the idea of a full campus right let's now. Let's pretend we're all on, living daylights let's out pretend of me. we're all in the quarter system and, and go back yeah, in October. Yeah, so. we might as well. We might as well. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know why you don't buy more time. I don't. This is going to sound counterintuitive. I don't get the rush. Um, let the pro sports get the mistakes out of their system, so to speak, first. I, I'll, so that you I'll, can learn I'll, I'll explain the rush as it's as it's been explained to me. Because if you unilaterally decide now that you're going to do it in January, if there's a spike in December, you have no season. So you have to give yourself as many chances as you can get. Fair enough. Um, that's a, that, that's a, I understand that logic. I'm with you. I don't understand the dismissal of January out of hand. But I do understand the logic of making it the last resort because it, that's really what it is. I suppose. I, I, I don't have an argument against that. I, I just, I, I think we're trending that path and you need to just buy time and take as many lessons and data as humanly possible to make sure this goes off because it is harder to do college football than it is to do any other sport uh, on the continental U.S. right now. And there are all sorts of other mitigating factors you have to consider that the other sports don't have to deal with and that they're having a hard enough time trying to figure out amongst themselves. I mean, God willing, the NBA and NFL, or excuse me, the NBA and MLB will, will go off in late July as currently scheduled, and they will be relatively smooth. But um, I think we'll learn a lot more about college football, the NFL, and everything else as far as a normal life in the fall uh, by, by watching what happens in the first couple of weeks with both those sports. Matt Fortuna, thank you so much for helping us break down a very weird day in college sports, <laughs> one of many very weird days in college sports. And I think we're due for a few more. But thanks so much. And we'll be right back with Scott Docterman, our Iowa beat writer, to talk about what happens for the Big Ten teams now and what happens for those non-Big Ten teams that were supposed to play Big Ten teams. We'll be right back. Manscaped is here to ensure your post-quarantine body is ready for the wild. With the Lawnmower 3.0, which is their revolutionary hair trimmer, it is fantastic. It is safe. The best chest hair trimmer you're ever going to find. You can get it as part of the Perfect Package 3.0 kit. It comes with that lawnmower 3.0. It's a waterproof cordless body trimmer. Also comes with a ton of other liquid formulations to round out your manscaping routine. You subscribe to the Perfect Package and you get a new blade refill for your lawnmower trimmer delivered to your door every three months. And for a limited time, subscribers get two free gifts, the Shed Travel Bag, which is a $39 value, and the patented high-performance reduced chafing Manscaped Boxer Briefs. You get 20% off plus free shipping with the code THEATHLETIC at manscaped.com. So do yourself a favor and always use the right tools for the job. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code THEATHLETIC at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code THEATHLETIC. For a limited time, subscribers get not one but two free gifts, the Shed Travel Bag, which is a $39 value, and the patented high-performance anti-chafing Manscaped Boxer Briefs. So go to manscaped.com today and use code THEATHLETIC.
joined now by our Iowa beat writer, Scott Docterman. And Scott, you had a very interesting window into this Big Ten story because obviously you cover a Big Ten program. But you talked to the AD at a school that was planning to play a Big Ten team out of conference. And obviously, when it's a smaller league, this is a pretty big deal. You talked to the athletic director at Northern Iowa. They're getting $650,000 to play Iowa. That is half of their projected football revenue for the year. That is now gone. They're in trouble. I mean, they, they've been in financial trouble for a while. It's one of three regents institutions. They're all governed by the same board of regents. Iowa, I, Iowa and Iowa State being the other two, right? Yeah. yeah. And uh, every now and then there's some heat on those two st- schools to help out Northern Iowa because football wise, they don't generate a lot of money. Uh, close to 50% of their uh, income comes from the school general funds or student fees. And, and that's tough enough anyway, in any political environment, let alone during a pandemic. So now you're looking at, uh, they're trying to get any kind of revenue at all. They've had to cut baseball bef- a few years ago. So now they're to the point of uh, $650,000. What's next? And and uh, the AD, who was at Iowa State until four years ago, said, you know, these are the scenarios that keep me up at night. And now 650000 is, it, you take that away from football, and, and what else do they have? I mean, you know, all the, the donations that come with it, we know that's going to decrease just because of the pandemic. So uh, can they keep sports? Can they keep sports viable, uh, let alone football, which doesn't make them any money? I mean, they they generate about 1.3 million they spend i, I want to say 3.7 million on football so this is uh th- this could kill them for a year financially and they may need to in schools like you and i and other ones may need to ask the ncaa hey can we just suspend the other sports for the season or the year and then next year come back strong uh, i mean it, this is tough yeah i think you're going to see a lot of schools ask the ncaa for some relief on the the requirements because for those who don't know if you want to be in division one you are required to sponsor x number of sports my guess is there are going to be a lot of schools that ask do we have to hit that number now and i I think they'll probably get some relief because the schools are the ones that vote on this stuff in the ncaa and I think a lot of them are in the same boat, but you know, we, we talk about Northern. It's funny because the first thing that comes to mind when you hear the big 10 is canceling the non-conference games is like for, for Iowa, the Cyhawk game against Iowa state mm-hmm. that's gone. Oregon, Ohio state's not getting played. Michigan, Washington's not getting played, but it's probably a bigger deal in, in terms of the grand scheme for these athletic departments that, that Bowling green, Ohio state's not getting played. You know, I, I can't remember exactly what the number is, but I'm assuming it's, somewhere in the 1.3 to $1.5 million range, Buffalo, Ohio state, same mm-hmm. thing. And those are the ones where there's a real significant impact because, you know, if those schools don't get those buy games, and if you're a max school, you're probably playing a couple of those a year. That's a huge, huge hit to your revenue. Yeah. I mean, Northern Illinois is also on the Iowa schedule. They play frequently. And, and uh, this year they were due to get $1.15 million from Iowa. And uh, they have a $500,000 cancellation fee, uh, which I'm sure they could fight because I, I went through the language. It's force majeure, uh, acts of God, any other un- unforeseen things. But do they really want to go that route? No, they don't. I mean, but they also do. Need oh, you want to negotiate with them and schedule games down the road. Right. That That's the part. That I talked to uh, uh, someone who deals with schedules in a, a different Power Five league yesterday, and they said, "Yeah, we we could cancel our game with School X, and and they could sue us, but they're not going to because they want to schedule games with us and other teams in our league going forward." Yeah, and and if you're a MAC athletic director at Northern Illinois, don't you aspire to eventually become a a Big Ten or Big 12 or yeah, SEC exactly. AD? And do you want everybody to remember that, that you sued Iowa during a pandemic because they didn't want to pay you $500,000? But they, they do have a game scheduled in the books in a few years. Uh, Chris Vanini had mentioned to me, because he talked to the Northern Illinois AD, that he said uh, he hopes to work something out with Iowa. And and uh, I think the payday in 2025 is like $1.5 million. I could see Iowa saying, look, we'll give you $250,000 for that year. Maybe we'll advance you, you know, two fifty in two years. I'm just speculating, but I think that's something that some of these teams can do. Well, and let's talk now about the, the Big Ten schedule 
as it stands because I listened to Gene Smith, the Ohio State Athletic Director, talk about it, and to me this sounds like their last-ditch effort to play in the fall because it allows them more flexibility. Like They have not actually figured out what the schedule will be. Will it be the nine games that are currently scheduled? Would it be ten Big Ten-only games? Uh, would it be less than that? But what it does do is it allows them a lot of flexibility because you have 13 weeks to play those games, mm-hmm. presumably, if you're going to play a Big Ten championship game, which they don't know yet. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Are, Scott, are you with me that the Big Ten championship game is worth a lot of money and therefore they will attempt to play it? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think you could kind of seclude those uh, those teams in Indianapolis. You could put them in a each of them in a hotel. Probably no fans, unfortunately. Put um, one in Harry and Izzy's and one in St. Elmo. It'd be perfect. <laughs> yeah, right across the street from one another, or right up the hill, or whatever it is. Yeah, exactly. Um, I, you know, I a big picture. I wonder about bowl games. I mean, who's going to want to go to the Outback Bowl, the Belk Bowl, or whatever, the Mayo Bowl or whatever it's called nowadays. I mean, <laughs> the Duke's Mayo Bowl. That's right. Yeah. But but those are valuable TV properties. That money is significant when it's all put together in part of a conference payout. So that's the other piece of it. Because remember, you know, I, I haven't talked to anybody at ESPN or Fox yet, but my guess is television rights fees shrink mm-hmm. because you're delivering less product. So this is going to be this is going to be a weird year. To say the least, we we don't know. I think the most basic thing is so the Big Ten is playing a conference only schedule. We don't know if they'll play a championship game. We don't know how they'll split things up, you know. But it, it, listening to Gene Smith talk, I thought it was very interesting because he kept bringing up flexibility. So I'm wondering, you know, if you've got a game scheduled between Iowa and Illinois, mm-hmm. and then Penn State is playing Maryland the same week. Illinois has a bunch of people test positive and they got to shut every, everything down. Maryland has a bunch of people test positive and they got to shut everything down. Do you have Iowa play Penn State then? <laughs> I, I mean, that that's what Gene Smith sounded yeah. like. Yeah, and that's kind of what Kevin Warren said too in his uh, interview on BTN, that he was just, uh, that the flexibility matters and a lot of it is his COVID. And you know, one scenario I thought about earlier this week is, uh, on the schedule, Iowa is, is scheduled to play at Ohio State. What happens if its quarterback room all gets COVID? I mean, what are they going to do? And, and then the health and safety of the players beyond the, the COVID, which is you want your punter taking snaps against that defense? I mean, or any defense for that matter. I mean, you could really get some people hurt or your offensive line. <laughs> you know, your starting offensive line goes down and you're, then you're going to go play the Buckeyes or the Wolverine. Well, and here's here's the other question because I, I had somebody talk tell me – yesterday that agencies are, are willing to pay for surefire high draft picks to go train now if they want to. Mm-hmm. And my thought was, if there's going to be a full season or something close to it, that's your Justin Fields and your Trevor Lawrence's and all those guys would just play and, mm-hmm. and that would be fine. But if it's going to be a truncated season, if it's going to be a season where you may or may not play this week or the game may get shifted around, is that person going to play? Like I still think most players will want to play because even the ones that are that are going into the draft next year, for the most part, can make more money by playing well this season whenever it gets played. But for the ones who we know they're going high no matter what, do they just bail at this point? I think they bail if there's a reason to bail during the season. Let's say they get the first three games off in September and it seems like everything's going okay, even though nobody's watching the games in person. But then all of a sudden, two weeks in a row, there are no games because of a COVID outbreak. At that point, does Trevor Lawrence, does Justin Fields, does, uh, you know, take your pick. Micah Parsons at Penn State. Yeah, yeah those Mace guys. Sewell from Oregon. You know, do they say, you know what, I'm just, this isn't going to work for me. Or if they have four games in the fall and everybody says, we well, need to get those final six or eight games in and then they play them in February and March. I mean, at that point, you just say, you know what, this is a mess. Let's just punt. I mean, and I think that's what some of them would do. Yeah. This is going to be a weird year. I mean, because I think you're right. And I look at this decision not as a definite sign that they're going to play in the fall. I look at it as the the Big Ten saying, this gives us the best chance to play in the fall. But it also says, if we've got a, you know, a month from now, say, 
let's start in October instead of September. We can try that. And then if they get to September and they, they look at it and they go, I don't know about that. Maybe we got to start in January. It gives you those increments where you can, you, you have the flexibility to do that. Cause if you were going to play in the spring, a, a 12 game season was going to be hard anyway. Yeah. Yeah, I talked to a couple of people, one in the Big Ten and one in the Big 12. They said, look, the spring is the most likely possibility, but we also don't want to look at the fall. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, this isn't so bad. And then in the spring after a flu epidemic or the traditional flu season and a wave two hits, and then you can't get anything in and then you're dead and everybody financially be ruined for that. So they figure we'll try to get it in the fall, but I think they respect that the spring might be the most likely outcome. And if that's the case, I mean, is it so bad if they can figure out, to me, if they go spring, if you can get students on campus and say mid-January, if the, if the pandemic is slowed enough, they get practice and then start games maybe Valentine's Day weekend, right after the Super Bowl, and then make it almost like spring football. I mean, it's a little more violent, but it's still, and you, you get it done by mid to late April, and then maybe push the start of the 2021 season back maybe a month. You've probably got enough of a window there, you know, because there's going to be, there's going to be, you know, 700 people going to the NFL anyway, that you're going to have enough uh, of a window there where you might be able to get a, a normal 2021 season. in. maybe if it goes a little bit longer, no bye weeks, that sort of thing. Yeah, I think it's definitely possible. And, they have to keep giving themselves flexibility like this. There will be a point where they reach where there are no other options, where you have to say, we're either going to do it now or we're not going to do it at all. They're not there yet. Yeah. And I think they're going to keep giving themselves some mile markers before they get to that point. We just, uh, you know, it, it's, it's hard because this is the first big one. Yeah. This is the first one that says, these were games that were scheduled. These games will not be played. Yeah, because you, you look back through this whole pandemic, the men's basketball tournament, uh, you know, and locally here in Iowa, the wrestling tournament was a big deal when it was canceled. Uh, but now you're getting into the to the money part of it. I mean, you could kind of most places can survive who's in the, the NCAA tournament revenue. But when you're talking about football revenue, you, you'll die. I mean, both the Big Ten and SEC last year in the fiscal year, both all 14 teams from both leagues combined for a billion dollars in football related revenue. You lose that, you lose everything on campus. Um, Iowa has 24 sports. They're going to lose sports if that happens. I mean, and before the pandemic, maybe the, uh, the coach of the track team might've thought, Oh, this isn't fair that the, that the football team gets all this promotion and they get everything they want. And I have to ask for scraps. Well, you're going to get nothing and like it if, you, if football doesn't get played. Yeah, I, I, I think there's been among the coaches of the other sports a much greater appreciation for what football gives them, which is everything. Yeah. Uh, I was talking to a Power Five football coach last night, and he was telling me he said, you know, he said I had a coach come to me at another sport at the school say, I'm not as worried about me playing as I am you playing. Mm -hmm. I need you to play, or we're all screwed. And, and I think that. There was the, the, and every athletic department was like that. There were always these complaints from other sports. Well, football gets this, football gets that. Yeah, football pays for everything, mm -hmm. and it's becoming abundantly clear this year. Well, yeah, I mean, at Iowa, twenty-three million dollars was made last, which was actually a lower year for them in ticket sales. That paid for every single women's sport on campus. The just the football tickets, and then you're talking about fifty-one million dollars in Big Ten media rights. That's you can't blow the $51 million. I mean, even at Ohio state, it's $50 million in tickets and 50 in big 10 money. So you're, you have to get the games on television, no matter what. So, that's and you're what already getting potentially less. We'll, we'll see what ESPN and Fox are willing to do mm -hmm. now. I mean, maybe ESPN and Fox are willing to pay the full freight just because uh, it's an extraordinary circumstance and they need the product just as much as, as the schools need the money. Yeah. And then, then you look at the overlap. I mean, how valuable is college football going to be if the NBA playoffs are going on concurrently, you know, and the and uh, NHL playoffs, all that, not as much. But the, but the NBA on ESPN versus college football, I'm really fascinated to see what the, the breakdown is on uh, on TV ratings. But, you know, there's going to be a lot of product there. So well, I, an NBA finals game, a good NBA finals game is is equivalent to basically a good sec game yeah. in the regular season no, not a great sec regular season a good one <laughs> yeah. so that that's that's where it's at and and so it is important to the networks and 
Yeah. I also think it's, it's kind of important to all of us and not just us at the athletic, because we write about it, but just sports fans in general to our state of mind to be able to watch some people compete again, Mm -hmm. whether it's the NBA, the NHL, MLB, college football, the NFL. It, I think it will help everybody's mindset if they can, because it will start, it'll feel like something normal. Even if there are no fans in the stands, it'll feel like something normal. There's so much anxiety in our society the last four to five months associated with COVID, associated with other events socially and, and, and racially in this country that I think everybody needs some sort of channel to channel their energies and mind and enthusiasm. And if that's SEC football, if that's Big Ten football, if it's the NFL, you need it right now because we're sniping at each other at a rate that I've never seen before, you know, over dumb things. And we're just at this point where if we get sports back, at least we're chiping about, I can't believe Kirk, Perrin, Kirk Ferentz punted at the 40 again, you know, <laughs> you know, I, I the opponents, the opponents 40 on fourth and one. <laughs> exactly. I can't wait for that. I'm living for that moment. Oh, I know it. it, it it's, I like those insignificant arguments because <laughs> talking about the significant stuff, it, it's, it's hard and, and it wears on everybody. So We'll see if we can get to that point. The Big Ten has taken a step to try. Because that's what I think people will look at this, depending on, on how your, your frame of reference is, and say, oh, they're punting on the season. No, this is them trying to save it. Mm-hmm. This is the last-ditch effort to try to save it and play it in the fall. And we'll just see if it happens. Yeah. I mean, can you imagine? I mean, an Iowa-Northern Iowa game is very important to both teams and communities, obviously, but the testing and this is the reason why they're doing it this way is you know the testing is going to be so much different between what, yeah. what an fcs program can do versus uh, a big 10 program and if what if the fcs program says we only have 30 guys we can't play then the big 10 team is going what are we going to do now we can play well exactly and they don't have to worry now about how are you testing what are you doing because Indiana knows exactly what Ohio State is doing. Mm-hmm. You know, Michigan and Michigan State know exactly what the other is doing. And so you don't have to worry about that. Uh, the, the variables are controlled for a little more at a time when <laughs> there's a lot of variables. So yeah. I, I, think, I think they made probably the only decision they could make. I'll be curious to see what the other leagues do. My guess is they're all headed in, in a similar direction. But we will find out in the next few days and weeks. Yeah. Well, I just hope there's football. <laughs> That's where I'm at right now. You and me both, Scott. Yeah. All right. Thank you so much. All right. Thanks. Thanks.